Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fool. The Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Bolt, Volume one. 1, Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages and denominations, you are listening to the Wrestleville podcast with Vinnie Berry and your man, the CPW All-Africa champion, the loudmouth, Woody Woo. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Benny Berry, and today's guest is 15-year professional wrestler from Johannesburg, South Africa, Loudmouth. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, uh, Vinny. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I'm uh, very excited to talk to you. You, um, you wrestle in South Africa, and uh, for my listeners who may not be familiar with that scene over there or your career, please introduce yourself and let us know who you are and what you've been doing for, for all this time in, in the sport. Great. Um, my name is The Loudmouth. I'm the current Champions Pro Wrestling All-Africa Champion. Um, I've been the champion since 2019, before lockdown. And um, yeah, the, the, it's great. Uh, the South African wrestling is really an untapped market. Um, you can call it a, a sleeper market, if you will, because we have got some exceptional talent here. And the, the history of South African wrestling is pretty unique. And you, you'll be surprised who's actually come and wrestled in South Africa in the past. Current scene for me, if you could. What's it, what's it look like? Who's out there? Uh, how many times are you running? How many promotions are out there? Who are the big stars? The At the moment, okay, we went south africa went into a serious hard lockdown straight from when when COVID happened we went into a hard lockdown uh but before that we we were running consistently a show every alternate weekend for many many years 2014 we were running twice every weekend so the scene here was was very very good uh COVID killed it off a bit but um we've just come out of our, our state of emergency and um, the shows are starting to pick up nicely again. Uh, this is some exciting developments that are coming out of South Africa in terms of um, content that's being produced, in terms of wrestlers that's being produced. And um, there really is a good market, um, an untapped market um, for internationals to come to South Africa and for uh, our wrestlers to, to go overseas. The currency, I'm gonna put it out there, the currency isn't strong. Um, but the passion is big here. And um, we, we get really, really good crowds when we are wrestling. You've been in the business for 15 years. Um, talk a little bit about uh, what, it was, what it was like when you started 15 years ago. I actually didn't start as a professional wrestler. I started to train as a professional wrestler, but uh, I was... I'm trying to think of the conversion from pounds to kilograms. I was 155 kilograms, which is almost 400 pounds, maybe even 400 pounds uh, when I started wrestling. And I was in no condition to be a professional wrestler. Um, and I started off as an announcer and a commentator. And um, I was standing around the ring the one day and um, some of the legends in South African wrestling were, were in the ring and they were showing guys how to perform the younger guys how to perform in front of a camera and things like that because our first tv shoots were coming up and um i was commentating and uh the one guy turned around and goes you know you really are a loud mouth and um the next week when i came in there uh it wasn't donovan it was hey loud mouth how are you going everybody hey loud mouth hey loud mouth all the 
all the 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 legends that were there um and everybody just picked it up and that was it i'd never i didn't have a choice uh, it wouldn't have been my my professional wrestling name if i had the choice but from that was literally the third week that i started training that that happened uh and i've been the loudmouth for 15 years so i don't know i, I guess it was written in, it was written in the stars for me that that was going to happen you know if i was um to look into that scene and you know who who are some of the the wrestlers that are hot on the scene right now give me some names of maybe some men or women that are um currently working that that are exciting the fans and bringing people into the venues there is one guy i can honestly say uh in all my experience that if this guy had an opportunity to go overseas he would make it and that's a guy called alicia uh he is just that kid that kid that kid came in he he was ready for he was ready for a match literally the third week that he was training he was that good that he could have a he could have a match within the first month of him training he would have, he wouldn't have been looked out of place so he wouldn't have looked lost at all uh he is he's phenomenal talent he actually made, he actually makes me nauseous uh with the amount of talent that this kid has um and there's a lots of other ones there's Ananzi there is Johnny Palazzo there is Mark Zonder um there is Joshua the Bull in Durban I can I can even put myself in there I mean you know I've been in the year been in the industry for 15 years and you know I'm 41 I still feel like I'm in the prime of my career and um these guys can all put on phenomenal phenomenal matches in fact um Ananzi had a trial at WWE at, at the performance center and um because he had had a previous because he had had a previous back injury that was the only reason he wasn't signed so you know he's he's still very active on the scene here and man he's still putting on great matches and he's a 20 year veteran and he could still make it overseas as a as a professional wrestler talk about south africa wrestling you know for, for 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 someone who may not be familiar with it it has pretty rich history wouldn't you say it has a surprisingly in depth and rich history let me say in the late 70s and early 80s with apartheid happening and things like that south africa was very isolated as a country uh for our politics and things like that however our currency was very strong and that allowed the promoters at that time guys like bull hefer and jackie kun and uh paul lloyd senior justin gabriel's father um to really get these international wrestlers in to south africa and pay them really really well uh andre rusimov andre the giant came in and wrestled our uh south african champion on many occasions we've had guys like lance vaughn come in uh who you've written a book about and um you know is a good friend of the show um giant warrior jeff bearden stayed in south africa for many years um and ran shows here so we had the minnesota wrecking crew in here we've had the barbarian in here um we've had a lot of guys coming in guys from um canada like brody still and adam yarenko um and all these guys um another gentleman um rodney mack who wrestles as red dog at um sw uh at fury wrestling yeah i'm very familiar with rodney mack absolutely yeah, yeah. don wrestling out of san antonio texas that's it he was yeah 91 so all these guys had come in and we put them up against our our champion i'll give you an interesting story while we have any before mark callaway started in wcw as mean mark he came to south africa and if you ask any of the old guys you can ask lawns and you can ask um giant warrior about the westridge tennis stadium in durban think of medicine square garden before they renovated the garden uh the change rooms and they were on the they were on the they were on the the left hand side as you walked in they had that really narrow passageway and the 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 change rooms were crap 
that was the West Ridge Tennis Stadium's passage to the locker rooms. And outside, you would go onto the tennis courts. They had tennis courts adjacent to there. And our, one of our guys, Donnie Fuchas, took Mark out onto the tennis court. And before the crowds came in, uh, came in for the show, he was running them through their matches. And um, he was, you know, he was showing him, okay, you know, you're moving good, but this is how, you know, this is how I move and this is how we go along and things like that. The story of Stone Cold Steve Austin crapping his pants in South Africa in 96, that happened um, at a show that I was at. Um, WWE came here in 95. They wrestled at the Standard Bank Arena, which is also another tennis stadium up here. Two and a half thousand people and the locker rooms, I think, would probably fit into, into your, your cupboard. As you, look, as you look in front of you, you've got that little black cupboard in front there. Uh, the change rooms were about that big. So these, these hulking guys had to come in here and change in these locker rooms. And man, the, 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 the stories that these guys have told me about um, the locker rooms and the scene in South Africa, some of the, some of the stuff is, is in, the, in your books. Some of the stuff is not to be, you know, you look at it and you're like, no, that really, that couldn't have happened. That really couldn't have happened. Says, yeah, but that was South Africa back in those days. You know, from the stories that I heard from Lance, Lance Von Eric telling the, the stories with him and James Bearden and, and Dusty Wolf, you know, some, some of those, those crowds and some of those shows got, got out of hand. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, and mainly it happened mainly in Durban. Durban seemed to have been that area where the crowds are, most passionate and it could be a monday night it could be a wednesday night it could be a thursday afternoon those shows back then were packed we're talking about three four five thousand people and it could get dangerous it really could get dangerous at some times you know jeff, jeff bearden was stabbed in durban he showed he showed me the scar the scar's almost as long as his torso and he was he was stabbed in durban so it's it's wild. So South Africa have I can honestly say South Africa have the most passionate fans. Uh, bar, bar Puerto Rico, where they'll just they'll they'll kill you. Uh, Durban's not not a not a far second. Yeah, I was recently talking to Black Bart. Are you familiar yeah. with? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and he said that he went he wrestled in South Africa. At yeah. one time, and uh, he said that a fan in the audience uh, showed him that he had a forty-five revolver. That yeah. you know, it's like kind of like a warning to him, like we're loaded. And he said yeah. a lot of them had had weapons and guns, and he was very surprised by that. Yeah, yeah, it was. You must, you must understand something about wrestling shows at that time. Wrestling shows were self-contained at that point in time. So they would, in, they would invite a security company or, or the police there, and it was self-contained. So when the people were in, the doors were closed. The, 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 the parking lots were emptied out. Nobody could come in or go out at any time. They're self-contained. So once you're in there, you are in there. And for better or worse, that is your crowd. There's no such thing as people, people, oh no, we're going to the concession stands or we or we're buying a, a cold drink or a popcorn or, or or something to eat on the outside. Once you were in, you were in. And security was didn't check people at that stage. They still served beverages in glass containers and glass bottles at that stage. So once you were once it was in and people had had finished their, their, their cold drinks, they put the glass down next to them and they didn't think about it. Now, you're an hour and 45 minutes into your show, your foreign invasion has come out now telling how South Africa is the worst country in the world. We can't get anywhere because we this, that, the next thing. What are you going to do? Well, oh, there's a glass bottle next to me. Let's throw it. Well, it's not yours, but it's there. Let's throw it. And of course, the chairs, 
the chairs in South Africa aren't fold-out chairs. They're chairs. So now you're throwing chairs into the into the ring and at the at the wrestlers, and it's a chair. It's not a folding chair. It's a wooden chair or a plastic chair or a plastic chair that's got metal legs. Now all of a sudden, it's a weapon. Now you've got a metal leg that you can stab somebody with. Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is South Africa, man. There, there's no there's no rules here. What what is a foreigner gonna gonna tell the foreign press? Oh, I wrestled in South Africa. <gasps> you wrestled in an apartheid state? For shame! No, he's gonna take his money and he's gonna shut up. So it really was the Wild West. It was great. It made it made for some of the best wrestling that I've ever seen, and it made for some of the best villains that I'd ever seen. You know, being being a, a a young boy at that time in the early '90s, going to those shows, I mean, it, it really had to be um, just an awesome moment, right? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. You can be, you can bleep it if you want. It was the best freaking experience of my life. The best experiences of my life, going to the wrestling and watching these guys. And to this day, to this day, and I, I speak to I speak to Jeff Bearden often. I, I still t- I said to him, I said, Jeff, you, you really scared me as a kid. Yeah, well, good. That's the way it's supposed to be. I was terrified. I was terrified of Black Bart. I was terrified of uh, Adam Yurenka. I was terrified of, of Jeff, man. And when Lance came out and he had the blonde hair and the tan and he had the white trunks and he had the white boots and everything like this, it was, it was a superhero come to life. And with this day and age where the internet is so freely available and social media is so freely available, that type of passion, the first time a kid watches wrestling and you can just see that face of this is the best thing that is going ever in the world. That is why I love professional wrestling. That is why. And, and those guys there made it the best time, the best, best, best time. And of course, you know, I kind of like the villains, even though they scared the hell out of me. I like the villains and I'm a bad guy myself. I'm a heel myself and I'm a heel to my core. And I look at these guys and I look at the old matches, man. And just the villains are just the the greatest, greatest thing. And I watch those videos all the time. You mentioned Paul Lloyd Sr., uh, Justin Gabriel's father. He wrestled as the the Pink Panther. What are your memories of, of him? I my one vivid memory of Paul Lloyd Sr. I never got to meet him and talk to him like I got to talk to Jeff and to Lance and to some of the other legends and things like that. And it's a damn shame. I remember a show at Sun City where he came out and he was wearing obviously all pink, the pink panther, and he had a pink waistcoat on um, that had pink sequins on and a pink like bowler hat. But it was a pink bowler hat that had the glitter on that matched the, the jacket and everything like this. And he came out to the in the entrance where we were standing. And instead of going into the entrance and going into the ring, he came into the crowd and stood on one of the one of the grandstand areas like this. And he put his arms out like this. And there was a blue light that had that had shadowed him on like this. And his sequence was was, was sparkling like blue, like a blue disco ball right in front of me. And I'm actually getting I'm actually getting goose flesh thinking about it. And this he was twirling around, just showing the fans how great he was. But and all these these blue sequence spots were hitting in my eyes, and I was I was like starstruck. It was like meeting uh, Mick Jagger, or or you know you, you meet Freddie Mercury, or you meet, or you meet these these you know these celebrities and things like this. And this guy was standing literally half a meter away from me, and this this just this image in my mind of him just spinning around with this pink sequence on man it, it's so vivid in my mind I can actually picture the smell and the taste and and what I was doing and everything like that and, um, it's just amazing amazing it's so vivid in my mind you know and in and for those who may not know who we're talking about when we mentioned Justin Gabriel we're talking about PJ Black who uh, but, from South Africa we're talking about his father the Pink Panther uh, PJ has done very, very well internationally, and uh, it's been wrestling for well all his life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, 
pretty much. They used to, him and um, my trainer Anansi, what they used to do is as little kids, seven and eight years old, they used to put them in masks and singlets and send them into the ring. So during your, during your halftime show, these two kids would be bouncing off the ropes. They, they would hit the ropes, but they'd jump on the, the bottom rope to hit the middle rope to actually spring off and shoot themselves off the ropes. It got to a point where they had to stop that because people weren't going to the concessions to buy food and drinks and things like that. The kids would be watching uh, PJ Black and Anansi wrestle in the ring. And the arena wasn't making any money because there would just be, there would be the first lot of matches. There'd be the break and the second lot of matches. And then the break consisted of these two kids now doing backflips and somersaults and all of that stuff. And the, the, the stadiums actually said to them, guys, we can't do this anymore because we're not making money off of you because the people are staying for the wrestling. Right. Right. They needed, they needed that break. So people would come out and buy food and drinks and whatnot. You know, they, they, they needed to cleanse their pellets. But of course, these two kids were doing backflips and somersaults and throwing each other around. Totally natural, totally natural, like walking and breathing. That's how these kids were wrestling. I had the opportunity to speak to PJ Black uh, about a year ago. And, you know, he had said that his father would always tell him, you're going to do your best wrestling at the age of 40. And he's like, what are you talking about, dad? What are you talking about? I'm, you know, I'm young. I'm, you know, I'm athletic, you know? And then he said he, you know, when he hit 40, he was like, you know what? I think my father was right. PJ said exactly the same thing to me because I was also, um, I was, I was struggling with, with a groin injury and I'm like, ah, you know, it's not healing and I want to take some time off and, uh, and things like, because I kept on re-aggravating it. And he said to me, he said, Don, take your time off. But I guarantee when you come back, you're going to hit 40 and you are going to have some of the best matches you've ever had in your life. And I was like, come on, PJ, really? He said, my dad told it to me. And I'm telling it to you. So you know it's true. And these past matches that I've had for the past year or so have been some of the, literally some of the best matches I've ever been involved in. because the time span has allowed you to mature in your mind as a professional wrestler. It's you, when you're in your twenties, you want to go out there and do everything as a professional wrestler. When you're in your thirties, now it's time you've quote unquote paid your dues. Now you want to be a champion. So everything's to impress people, to, to, to show that cockiness, that exuberance you've shown in the twenties, but now it's, it's a championship exuberance. When you're in your 40s, you start to realize, well, that stuff doesn't matter. As long as, as long as you are putting on the best matches for the crowd, then you are having the best matches that you possibly can. You know, and it, it, it takes a long time. Some people don't get it. Um, it was told to me, and I snapped this. The, when I turned 40, I had, uh, I had one or two matches and it's absolutely true that you don't, you don't, you don't have that, 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 that championship drive, but championships are attracted to you. You know, you, you, you've paid your dues in your twenties. You've done your matches. You've, you've got that cockiness out of you. And now it's, you're not, you're not going out to seek it. It's coming to you. And that's a powerful thing as a professional wrestler. Cause once you can get that man, Every match you are going to have is going to be the best match that you can have. And it's absolutely true. From, from the time that you started watching wrestling, you know, when you were, you know, four or five, 10 years old, yeah. going to these, these venues and these matches, when you look at that wrestling and, and then you look at today's wrestling, what, what is the contrast, do you think? Only the only thing that bothers me about wrestling at the moment is you've got 300 pound plus wrestlers that are athletic as hell, but they're trying to do things that 150 pound wrestlers should be doing. And then you've got 150 pound wrestlers 
doing what 300 pound wrestlers should be doing. And there's, there's, a, there's, a, um, there's a mismatch of the two. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, Keith Lee. Keith Lee should be murdering everything in his path. Miro should be murdering everything in his path. Willie Mack should be killing these guys. And then you're watching them and they're doing backflips and, and things like that. And it's not making sense to me within the matches where they're doing it. Not if they're doing it, it's where they're doing it. And that, 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 that's, a, that's, a, that's a bugbear of mine, a personal bugbear of mine. Uh, also, the overuse of the super kick irritates the hell out of me. Irritates the hell out of me. I don't even watch a Young Bucks match or an Usos match anymore. I just turn it off. You know, I remember my first introduction to the super kick was Gentleman Chris Adams. I don't... Yeah. Do you re remember? Do you yeah. remember him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? When he did it, it was it was special, right? It wasn't like um, it was it wasn't like, and it only took one. Oh yeah, it oh, only yeah. took one. And if you popped out of that that one kick, then you know there was a there was a story coming. And and yeah, you know, I think when I watch wrestling today you know you you know you get you get uh i don't know I, I i see a move that that you would you would think would kill somebody right and in 20 years ago if they did whatever x move that was um it was a one two three now you guys you know you you kind of you kind of I don't know. You, you, you take something away when the giant killer uh, can't be the giant killer. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where I, where it lost me. And I was still, you know, you, you watch as a professional wrestler or, or, or a pundit like yourself, you watch wrestling not from a from a fan's point of view, but you watch the beat points. Where is this going? Where's this headed to? If he's doing this move, where is it going? What's what's the spice in between the cooking? If I can use that analogy, you know, are you using salt? Are you using paprika? What spices are you using to flavor your meal? Quote unquote. There was a match between Luther and Orange Cassidy on AEW, where Luther in the first thirty seconds did a power bomb to Orange Cassidy and Orange Cassidy stood up. It was a sit-out dragon power bomb. And Orange Cassidy, not even a pin, didn't even go for the pin. He just got up, put his hands in his pocket. I said, you know what? That's where modern wrestling has lost me. Right. You know, when, when you take the art of selling out, right? You know, when you when you when you take that away, it's, what are we doing here? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And unfortunately, we live in, an, live in an age with social media and the internet. Information is so instant. And so it has to grab your attention for longer than five seconds. If it doesn't grab your attention for longer than five seconds, you're moving on. Because now you've got Facebook, you've got Instagram, you've got Telegram, you've got TikTok, you've got uh, all of these things. If it doesn't grab you in the first five minutes, well, we're just going to go to another platform and see what grabs me there. And professional wrestling has suffered because of it. Now it, everything has to be flashier. Everything has to be bigger. Everything has to be used and reused and reused and reused. You know, the, 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 the internet now... Jeff Bearden will disagree with me because he says it's cable TV. But the internet has killed the art of the self of professional wrestling. Because now, if a guy takes a big move and he sells that move for longer than five seconds, sorry, you don't have my attention anymore. I'm changing the channel. 
And the great thing about professional wrestling is when you change the channel, you can change to AEW, you can change to WWE, you can change to MLW, you can change to SWF, you can change to AAA, CMLL, you've got New Japan, you've got All Japan, you've got NOAA, you've got WXW, uh, COW from Germany, you've got the Barracks from the UK, you've got NXT UK, you've got uh, PCW, you've got um, the stuff coming out of Buenos Aires, not to mention the stuff that Botswana, Uganda, Tanzania, Nigeria has got professional wrestling that nobody's even heard of. Nepal has just started running shows for the past year. That wrestling is fantastic. You can go look it up. It's on Fire TV. So if wrestling doesn't grab your attention in the first three seconds, you've got a thousand different alternatives that you can go to. However, you can switch to all of those channels, but you're going to see a super kick. You're going to see a flip over the top rope. You're going to see somebody dive through the top rope. What you're not going to see is the art of the professional sell. When a guy has given you a power bomb and you're selling there because that guy has drilled you into the mat, but in three seconds, you're staggering up again. Well, no, a 300-pound guy has just given a 157-pound guy a powerbomb. Why is he getting up? He should be dead. He should be selling his backside off, and he's not. And, you know, when I was watching World Class, when, when I was growing up at 14 years old, when, you know, yeah. the, the Freebirds, the Von Erics, Chris Adams, Jimmy Garvin, you know, Al Madrill, Bugsy McGraw, all these, all these, all these people, right? Um, they're the stories, you know, the great Kabuki, King Kong Bundy, Devastation Incorporated, or, you know, the stories that they were telling. And do, do you think that that's lacking in, in today's wrestling? The, the, the storytelling, the, the, the attention grabber, the, the, where's this going and, and kind of like, you know, almost kind of like breadcrumbs leading up to the big reveal. Do you think that's what? missing? What is the longest storyline in the past two years that you can think of? The duration. If it's three weeks, it's long. If it's three weeks, it's long. The art of long-term storytelling. Remember, remember the four horse when the four horsemen attacked Dusty Rhodes and they attacked him in the parking lot. They followed him uh, through, I think it was Greensboro or, you know, uh, I, I, I really don't want to use the term Hicksville, Tennessee, but, you know, it was, you know, you could see the water tower in the background. And um, they followed him into the parking lot and they, they, they jammed up his hand in the car door and they did, his, uh, they did his ankle in the, you know, in the door. And then the cage match came with Flair and Dusty. And then again, uh, with the knee off the top rope onto the ankle and Dusty did the, the angle with his boot. And then the one boot was white and the one boot was red because it had to be padded. Come on, give me a long-term storyline. That took, that took years, years to develop. And it got you every single time because every single time was different. Yeah. But, but once again, yeah. because we live in an age of, of instant gratification, if you haven't wrapped your storyline up in a month, sorry, it's, uh, it's not going there. And the bugbear that I have with... WWE at the moment or AEW for that that fact the bloated the bloated locker room that they have leans you to bring in so many other wrestlers and so many aspects of storylines that storylines could be interested or could be interesting if you bother to actually put your mind to it you know the other day that's that's very interesting that you say that the the other day i just thought of a wrestler that i hadn't seen on aew in a while and i was like where are they yeah <laughs> you know and 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 so when you have a a roster that's so huge you only have so many people that that can get tv exposure you know people get shuffled and buried and who, who, who should be pushed, 
you know, people who, you know, for a lack of a better term, get forgotten and sadly forgotten, right? Absolutely. Think, think of when, when I think of professional wrestling, I think of it as a layered cake. Every layer should be unique, but every flavor should complement each other so that when you eat your cake from top to bottom, or if you take your slice out of it and you take all your layers together, the flavors should complement each other. And that was a, that was a great thing about the attitude era is because even your, even your, your lower class, your lower class, I use that in, in, in quotation fingers. So please don't, don't think of them as lower cost wrestlers. Even your lower card and your mid card was relevant. Oh, yeah. if, if you think about, about AEW, for example, they've got AEW elevation. I couldn't tell you what's going on in elevation because every week there's a different wrestler in elevation. There's a different wrestling dog. And if you're on the main show, and you're not an MJF or a Chris Jericho or a CM Punk or a John Moxley or a Daniel Bryan, where are you going? Where are you going? Who's, who, who's, the, who's, the, who's the TNT champion? It's Scorpio Sky. But for, four, but for four months before this, you didn't see Scorpio Sky at all. Why? Because he was on elevation. Why should I care about him? He, he is a fantastic wrestler but he's lost in the shuffle of fantastic wrestlers. Yeah. Where's he going to go? Not to mention the fact AEW is about for how many wrestlers do they have? 400, 900. They've got, they've got a lot. They've got a lot of wrestlers. And Tony Khan was smart. He was smart. He purchased all right. Smart move. That's a smart move. Cause now, cause now he can put 30 wrestlers onto a separate program. He can put 10 ladies onto a separate program. Smart move. If I was him, I'd buy Impact Wrestling as well. I think that was a, a very good move too, because, you know, now you have, you know, you can take what half of the roster, put them on one show, half of the roster, keep them on the other. And, you know, and, but, but it was funny. You said, well, we'll take, you know, you just mentioned how, how big his roster is. And it, I, I kind of chuckled inside when you said, yeah, well, they'll take 30 people and put them over here. You mean they'll, they, they have the, uh, the capability of taking 200 people and put them over here. That's how big it is, right? Exactly, exactly. A good friend, a good friend of mine, uh, Angelico, I asked him the other day, I said, man, I haven't seen you on TV for a while. He said, yeah, I've been struggling with my knees and, and things like that. On Lucha Underground, he was fantastic. He did that dive from the platform into the ring on somebody that was on a ladder. That dive was fantastic. You go look it up on the internet. It's great. He was so good there. And in, on AEW, he's not allowed to be that performer. And he's better than that. Plus, now they've got so many guys that can do that. You know, what, what, where's, where's the differential? Where is the differential? It makes me sad. It does make me sad. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, you know, I, for myself, when, when I think back, you know, Oh, today's wrestling is is different from what it was when I grew up. It's not the same. Well, you know, yes, things evolve and things change and things come back and things go away and things return and things, you know. So it's it's definitely not what I am used to. But, you know, and we've both mentioned with so much of it being out there, you can find something right. You can yeah. find something that. I love the independent scene. I love watching, you know, the, I've been watching the title match network and watching, um, they have a lot of stuff on there from Texas. So I'm able to get some shows from, you know, from what I like. And, you know, so there's so much wrestling out there that you can still find something that, that you enjoy individually is what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say. 
and the, and this is and this is why I have a problem with the internet wrestling community. The people that 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 go on there, and they will um, rip AEW to shred, or they will rip WWE to shreds, or they rip Impact Wrestling to shreds uh, for the, for the content that they put out there. If you don't like it, change the channel. Find something that you like. Stop complaining about it and start celebrating the fact that we can talk about all the places that I've mentioned earlier. And plus, there's there's hundreds more, thousands more yes. that are going out there that are just looking for a platform to say, hey, guys, this is what we got. You don't like it? Change the channel. Just stop complaining. Yes, I have my bugbears as a, as a professional wrestler. I do. There's some certain wrestlers that I don't like. I did mention the Young Bucks. I don't like the Young Bucks. I don't watch the Young Bucks. I don't go on the message boards and tell everybody, I hate the, or print a t-shirt that says, I hate the Young Bucks. Listen to me. I've got an opinion. No. I go out and I look for an alternative. And I like alternative. I like Impact Wrestling. I liked, what did they do? What was that, that Wrestle House that they put on? It's silly as hell. People were, I can see you confused about that. They did a wrestle. They did a wrestling house, a wrestle house kind of thing, where they did a uh, a reality TV based thing where they were all in a house for Rosemary to profess to to get Johnny Bravo to okay. profess his love because you know they needed his virgin soul and things like that. It was it was telenovela in its in its thinking in its application. I was having so much fun with it. I really did. I enjoyed every segment, everything that they did. The stuff with Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell for them being kept apart and then finding love. It's silly. But sometimes wrestling has to be silly. Because if wrestling took itself too seriously, like some people do, we'd go nuts. We really would go nuts. Oh, absolutely. Last week I watched a match with Microman. Have you seen Microman? Yes, man, those mini, the, the mini wrestlers are fantastic, man. I I watched the whole entire thing and, and Micro Man won and it was a six man tag match. I was, but he was the, the hero of the show. And I walked away thinking that was entertaining. And that's exactly what, it, that's what it was. Exactly. You don't have to take it too seriously. Vinny, I'll give you a perfect example. My favorite match to watch is Mike, Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka from um, ECW One Night Stand 2005. Okay. Was it a technical classic? No. If I want to watch technical wrestling, I'll watch technical wrestling. I'll put on uh, Chris Benoit versus um, Bret Hart uh, on the Owen Tribute show. Or I will put on something with William Regal in the, in the early 90s against Daniel Bryan, for example. That's if I want to watch technical wrestling. If I just want to have a match that makes me laugh and chuckle and go, ooh, and ah, I'll put on that Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome match purely because I didn't take itself too seriously. There are the chair shots and everything happened and it was, it had gotten beyond the point where the, the reality was there. My reality was suspended and every time I do it, I have no distractions. I don't have my cell phone with me. I just watch the match and it's microcosm and it's still a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to me. And it's great. Wrestling, don't take wrestling. Sometimes people take wrestling too seriously. Don't take it too seriously. And, and, and you're right. You, you said the magic word. It's fun. And I'll, I'll tell you this. After the territory um, system kind of fell apart and then you had you know, WWE up there and the only for some time, and then of course, WCW, but, you know, there was not that many choices in the United States. And I can tell you without doing any research, I can buy a plane ticket to any major city in, in my country and I could be at wrestling matches all weekend long absolutely absolutely and that is great and without knowing the scene at all i could go find some wrestling 
and I can tell you, you'll probably see, you, you'll probably see some very, very good wrestling. You'll see some great wrestling. Um, I follow some wrestlers on, on TikTok, not well, not well-known people, just wrestlers in general. You know, just just to just to get matches and and you know, you you pick up experience and things like that. And there's there is a ton of wrestling. There, there was a guy. Um, he sent me his list of shows that he was doing from now until the end of May. And it's, well, I think 13, 13 shows between now and the end of May. So yes, I, I would love, I would love to be on the, the American sea. I'd love to have a billion dollars in my pocket and an RV. I would literally go to wrestling show, to wrestling show, to wrestling. So I just drive around and watch wrestling. That'd be great. That would be great. You know what? It has been quite the pleasure talking with you. I, I've been, I, I, I knew I was going to enjoy talking to you when we started this. I said, yeah, we'll probably go about 20, 30 minutes. I think we surpassed that. But <laughs> I, I, I could definitely talk wrestling with you all day. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you, you coming on and giving me your time. It's been great. It's been fantastic. I've loved every, every minute of the show. Um, I love talking about wrestling. Uh, especially about South African history, man. We ha we haven't even scratched the surface yet uh, of of what of what's gone on in South Africa and some of the stuff that I've heard. Um, not all of it's PG. Not all of the stuff the stuff is for human consumption. Um, but man, it was it was the best best time, and it really did inspire me to become a professional wrestler. And I am honoured that I got a chance to speak to some of these, that, that now I get a chance to speak to some of these, the wrestlers that were here in South Africa. And uh, it gives me hope for the future of South African wrestling because there is some seriously hot talent here. Uh, it is an untapped region and there is a lot of stuff happening. If my listeners want to look you up, where, where can they, can they find any of your matches on the internet? Where, where can they go? Um, I do have a YouTube channel. Just look up the Loudmouth Appreciation Society uh, on um, YouTube. You will find it. I do also have a Facebook page uh, that also is the Loudmouth Appreciation Society. Uh, that's pretty. That's that's you, you can pretty much run that through through any social media, and you'll be able to find me. Most of my matches are on on YouTube. On Facebook, there I have loaded some shows. You can go and take a look at the show that I did uh, where I did interview um, Vinnie Berry as well. He made for a wonderful guest. We'd love to have him on again, especially um, now that Jeff Bearden's book is almost ready to come out. I uh, cannot wait for that one. Um, mostly because some of his stories, I was, I was there for some of the matches and they bring back so many good memories. Yeah, I'm, I, I am excited for that book. And he reached out to me and told me about the book. So um, I, I, I know it's coming out. I'm very interested in it. You know, the thing that I like about Jeff Baird and what I found out when I was interviewing him was, you know, he, he was trained by the Funks, you know, yeah. and, you know, in Amarillo. So it's got a, you know, it's, it's neat to know that, you know, these legacies that, you know, this, this thing of wrestling is being passed on, you know, it's, you know, and that that's why it's still so good, even though, you know, we could sit here and, you know, talk about, you know, well, they don't do that anymore. And, you know, it's different and it's, you know, but at the same time, it's still wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And you see now South Africa is a little bit different in that respect, Vinny, because a lot of the, the, the older wrestlers, now when I say the older wrestlers, the, the guys like, Jan Wilkins and Freystart and Tarzan Jacobs and things like that, they didn't pass their knowledge on to the younger generation. They did it in bits and bits and bobs, but they didn't pass it on fully to the younger generation. So when guys, the, the wrestlers like Donnie Brits and Donnie Fuchas and uh, Tornado 2 and Terry Madu and... Um, What's the other guy? Dirty Angel. When they started wrestling, they kind of had to pass on their own legacy. Uh, the Funavestasins and the Bills and those guys, they had to carve out their own niche. So when it came to 
South African wrestling. We did things differently because we didn't, we weren't burdened by our past, but we were carving a new future for ourselves. And that allowed South African wrestling, or as they say in, in South Africa, Rofstui, that allowed us to carve our own niche. And we are unique in that, is that we're not burdened by our past. You know, people talk about the legend of the Von Eriks or the Funks or the Hearts or any of the wrestling families. That comes, that, that type of, that type of wrestling comes with such a history. It's sometimes a burden. We are unburdened by that. So we are carving a new path for ourselves. And it is exciting and fantastic that South African South Africa is in a microcosm because we are creating our own history now. And that is tremendously exciting. Absolutely. Well, Loudmouth, it has been a, a pleasure. Again, I, I, I told you I can talk to you. We're, we're going to wrap it up a few minutes ago, and there we go into another topic because that's, that's, just, that's just the way we can do it, right? That's it. All right. Vinny, I, I, really do, I really do appreciate you having me uh, on the podcast. I really do um, appreciate it. Go out, guys, if you're listening, go out, seek out professional wrestling, seek out independent wrestling. Get Lance's book, get Wrestleville, watch the podcast, listen to the podcast, watch wrestling. And don't be so judgy about it. That's right. All right. Well, have a great day. Thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again. Perfect. Thank you very much, Vinny. It was great to be with you. You're listening to the Wrestleville podcast where wrestling lives. Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. The Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Vault, Vault Volume, Volume 1. Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, it's wrestling, wrestling.